Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to, we've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. All right, gang, what's happening? I'm Crystal Heath. This is The Frittle Show on KVXL 101.1 FM or on iTunes, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, your favorite podcast place, wherever that may be. Thank you for joining us today. I am hesitant to jump into these waters, but I believe they need to be jumped into as I was thinking through and praying about what I was going to talk about in this week's podcast. This is what I got. And I, <laughs> I'm like, really? We're going to go here, but we are going to go there. We are going to talk about the COVID-19 vaccine. And we're going to use some statistics and some information about vaccines in general to talk about COVID-19. But this is, not a, this is not the podcast where I will tell you that you should definitely ch- vaccinate your children or that I will tell you that vaccines are evil. This is not an anti-vaxxer program for those of you that was, were hoping for that. This is not a pro-vaxxer program for those of you that were hoping for that. This is simply a look at some of the ins and outs of the COVID-19 vaccine specifically and... Uh, the end of the world, because that is what I have seen a lot of. I have seen a lot of memes. I have seen a lot of angst about this vaccine. And I think that it is time that we have a conversation. First of all, when it comes to memes, (sighs) memes are best used (laughs) as a joke. All right. If you are using a meme or a screenshot to share information, that may or may not be a good idea. You might need to do a little research on those before you share them because oftentimes they are sharing uh, a little bit of truth or possibly no truth. And sometimes they're totally truthful. But memes in general are not a great way for you to gather your information about life or the world or even uh, vaccinations. So let's talk about vaccinations shall we let's start with mrna because this has got a lot of people freaked out and some people saying that it is altering your dna and that it's actually bill gates and a microchip these are and 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 that let's just talk about mrna okay we have never had mrna vaccines the pfizer and moderna vaccines are mRNA vaccines. We've never used them before. So you could say that the COVID vaccines, at least from Moderna and um, Pfizer, are experimental. And in fact, if you read the insert on the first page of every vaccine, regardless if it's for COVID or any other, um, any other disease, they all say that the treatment is not intended to cure or prevent infection just to lessen the symptoms. Did you know that? That's not just not just COVID vaccine, every vaccine. They all have this disclaimer. Same if you look at any box of masks. It will tell you that the masks do not actually provide any protection against COVID-19 or other viruses or contaminants. All right. So this is not something that is new. This is not something that we should be surprised about. This is not something we should be like, see, no, no, this is not, this is not something to latch on to and be like, no, no, this is, this isn't every vaccine says that is not intended to cure or prevent infection. Just like every box of masks says that it does not actually provide any protection against COVID-19 and yet we use them. Okay. Again, I'm going to try and leave as much opinion to the side. I just want to just give you some, some facts about this whole thing. So, mRNA vaccines, all right? So, let me see. Where to begin? Where to begin? Where to begin? Here's, here's, here's kind of how vaccines work, okay? 
vaccine science, if you will, is several hundred years old. Vaccines are the reason that we, and this is just factually true, vaccines are the reason that we no longer lose millions of lives annually to smallpox, to polio, to a number of other viral diseases. I would even go so far to say that God has used doctors and vaccinations to eliminate a variety of diseases around the world. Again, I'm, this is not a pro-vaccine or an anti-vaccine program. I am just bringing you some information. Okay, you may not like what I have to say, and I have a feeling there's going to be people on both sides of this argument that are not going to like what I have to say today, but we need to have this conversation. All right, and at the end of the day, what you're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this back around, and we're going to talk about, well, I'm, I'm, just, just bear with me. Bear with me, and we'll get there. Hang on, I need to write down a note so I don't forget, because I have no producer. My producer is my brain. Um, okay. All right. So, vaccines, or I'm sorry, viral diseases like COVIDs are not like bacteria. Bacteria we often fight with antibiotics, and again, this is not a <laughs> this is not a podcast to talk about the pros and cons of antibiotics. But viruses are not alive in the way that we normally would think of something being alive. They don't, they don't grow. They don't reproduce on their own. They don't eat necessarily. But they are, they're, they're kind of like a parasite that doesn't eat. But they're, they're like a little bit, little piece of genetic material. Did you, did you know this? That the virus itself is a DNA or RNA wrapped in a protective coating. Infecting plants, animals, bacteria, fungus. And what a virus does is it inserts its genes into its host organs, organism's cells. Alright? So, so the, the creepy stuff that you may be hearing about or thinking about is, is somewhat true, but it's more about the virus than about the, the vaccine. So it gets into this host cell. And then the host cell essentially replicates the virus. It, it, it goes to the Xerox copier and is like, jing, 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 and shoots out copies, which launch themselves from the host cell to go infect and kill other cells. God designed your body so that when your body says, whoa, what is happening? Your immune system goes on alert. It's like DEFCON 3, <laughs> Right? And it, it, it just attacks the virus. But your body has to first recognize the virus in order to attack it. And in some cases, a virus can overcome your system before your body recognizes it and is able to mount a successful counterattack, if you will. Immunity is, in essence, your body's ability to destroy the virus, to detect the virus and destroy it before you become what we would consider traditionally sick. That immunity, uh, as we have commonly understood and held, which is not being talked about today, and this is probably my greatest frustration when it comes to the whole COVID-19 vaccine issue, but immunity comes from exposure to the virus, which can be obtained two ways, either through infection, so a natural immunity, if you will, or through vaccination. Generally, what we have done with vaccines is vaccines are given, to, presented to your body as a neutralized or at the very least a weakened form of whatever virus we're trying to produce immunity for. Once your body is exposed to that virus, your body then learns to recognize it and fight it without getting sick. So, for example, growing up, if you grew up in my era, you were probably exposed to someone with chickenpox. Your body then developed a recognition of chickenpox. Uh, I'm sorry, you were exposed to, your parent may have even rubbed you on a child that had chickenpox. My mom was fervent about getting us all exposed to chickenpox as early as possible, and I'm pretty sure we all had chickenpox. And then your body develops... Uh, and I know this isn't a perfect example because of shingles and different things. I'm not, again, I'm not a medical expert. I'm just trying to present some information, okay? Without this podcast going an hour, but we will see because we are not making a lot of progress here. 
so your body develops a recognition. So I've had chickenpox. My body, when it's presented with that virus again, says, oh, I know you, and I'm coming to get you. And then I don't get chickenpox again. Okay? Everybody kind of understand that? So traditional vaccines take generally a lot of time to prepare. And by the way, we recreate the flu vaccine uh, every year. And the flu vaccine, uh, frankly, if you guys want to be worried about a vaccine, I I suggest the flu vaccine. Again, this is not a pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine study. However, the flu vaccine is, is very troublesome. Um... The, the, the flu vaccine is a vaccine for a, a, a illness, if you will, that is changing every year. So the flu vaccine is basically an experimental vaccine that, they're wanting, that, that our government is wanting to put out to 300 million people a year. No studies showing the safety of giving the flu vaccine to the same person every single year. The CDC is in the business of distributing flu vaccines, 300 million doses a year, whereas all childhood vaccines combined only total... Uh, 20 million, and the the flu vaccine knowing is known to cause I, I, GBS, which I don't know how to pronounce. It's like a French word, Julian Barr, I think it is syndrome, and and it's just. I'm just saying, if you really want to get into a a troublesome vaccine, I would suggest the flu vaccine for you. And there are a lot of people that are concerned that the coronavirus vaccine or vaccines are similar to the flu vaccine, and, and there's an argument to be made there. But again, this is not the podcast to pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine, just trying to present you with some information. And those are those are known things about the flu vaccine. COVID-19 vaccines, uh, much more, much more, much more newer, um, <laughs> much newer, and we don't have all of that data yet to look at. Um, but anyway... So, so the mRNA vaccines are not like traditional vaccines. Johnson & Johnson follows the traditional vaccine. That, that is more the traditional vaccine route. But Pfizer and Moderna are an mRNA vaccine. Uh, they don't introduce a virus or a piece of the virus to your body. Instead, they deliver the instructions for a protein for your body to recognize and defend against. Those instructions are not altering your body's DNA. All right, they're not. I I know that is a very common thing that is being put out there, but based on everything I have found, that is simply a a misunderstanding of how this vaccine works. So if you think of, uh, there was a gal that put something out, and it was really let me see if I can find it here real quick. Her name is Krista Kafer. In the Denver Post. And she explained it. I was like, oh, that's a good explanation. Um, she said, uh, cells in our bodies do things. Heart cells beat, for example. And they make things like insulin, adrenaline, tears, hair, etc. Visualize a cell as a little kitchen. Our 46 chromosomes are the recipe book for everything that our cells do and make. Our DNA stays in the cell's nucleus. And no genetic sequence or recipe can be removed from that. Rather, the DNA must be copied by a molecule called RNA. The RNA messenger, or much you might refer as mRNA, messenger RNA, takes the copy of the recipe to a ribosome within the cell, a kind of kitchen counter where proteins are assembled. The, the, the mRNA vaccines work with this natural process. So the vaccine contains a messenger RNA that has instructions for a COVID surface spike protein. It's like a borrowed recipe. So the vaccine RNA works at the kitchen counter or the ribosome to assemble a spike protein. The vaccine itself never actually interacts with your DNA. After a few hours, the vaccine RNA, like the body's regular RNA messengers, disintegrates. The spike proteins are released from the cell and the body's immune system recognizes that they don't belong and destroys them. The immune system is then prepared to recognize and respond when it encounters the real COVID-19 virus. But again, this is still factually experimental and like the flu vaccine many including dr fauci are touting that we are going to have variants of this which then means you may need uh, covid19 vaccinations on a regular basis 
but the mRNA technology has been used already uh, to fight cancer. That is where that is the only place that I'm aware of that it has been used. Um, and and they're not something mRNA vaccines are not something that were created to combat COVID. It, the mRNA studies actually began about 30 years ago. And it's relatively easy to make mRNA in a laboratory in large amounts. Whereas with a vaccine, it can take a traditional vaccine can take a much longer time. mRNA can take a much shorter time. So. Um, and by the way, mRNA are also vaccines are being tested for other infectious agents like Ebola and Zika and, 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 and even the flu. Um, and theoretically, they could produce proteins that are missing in certain diseases like cystic fibrosis. So they could help rebuild your, your body as well. So anyway, there's a, there's a lot of technology and, and science-y stuff, I guess, in the mRNA whole issue. But it's not Bill Gates inserting a microchip or altering your DNA. And quite frankly, it has nothing whatsoever to do with the mark of the beast. And I'll explain why I firmly believe that uh, later on in the program. Because we're going we're gonna to get through the vaccines and we're, we're going to move through a couple other issues. So, so it's not, um, not going to alter your DNA. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised personally if we have many commercials in 30 years that are along the lines of if you receive the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine in the year 2021, you may be entitled to significant compensation. That wouldn't surprise me because they are experimental vaccines, but they're not putting a microchip into you if you decide to get it and it does not alter your DNA. Another common thing that has been uh, pushed in various memes that I have seen is that if you ex choose to opt into getting a vaccination that you are injecting fetal tissue into your body uh, from abortions. Um, it is true that there is a connection between some vaccines and abortion. So several decades ago we had uh, two specific um, Abortions where uh, in the 1960s and 1970s, two elective abortions, were there were fetal cell lines that were derived from cells from two elective abortions that were used to create vaccines for diseases like hepatitis A, rubella, and rabies. These abortions uh, were obtained from elective um, procedures, murders, honestly. But they were not done for the purpose of vaccine development. So there wasn't an evil scientist in a lab that was conducting these. It is horrific. Any abortion is horrific. But there, there is a lot of misinformation about how these uh, materials were obtained, if you will. And I, I can't even stand using that word. I don't know how to... There's no good way to put this. But uh, two women chose to abort their babies and tissue was taken from those abortion procedures and from those tissues uh, fetal cell lines were developed that some vaccinations have used uh, either for research or or whatever else um, the fetal cell lines being used to produce some of the potential COVID-19 vaccines are from two specific sources uh, and, and they're traced directly to uh, a kidney cell line isolated from a, a, an abortion in 1973. And uh, although there is debate over whether that one was a miscarriage or an elective abortion. And then there is the PRC6, which is a retina cell line from an aborted fetus in 1985. Um, there is not... Well, I'm not going to get into all this, but... Okay. Um, but here's how it works. The... Uh, who put this out? This is a, the Secretariat of Pro-Life Activities in Washington, D.C. So the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops released this. And I've found that Catholics generally do a really, really good job of putting out information related to pro-life issues. A much better job, in my opinion. Uh, we don't have a great evangelical uh, organization that's answering a lot of these questions on, on ethics and morals. Um, related to things like this, like the Catholics do. So I'm going to pull from a lot of their research because I, I just, I haven't found something that I believe is, is comparable. We have some great pro-life organizations, but we're not producing maybe some of the, the research, if you will. 
Anyway, um, so they explained the, the vaccines and abortion issue like this. They said, several decades ago, tissue harvested from the bodies of aborted babies was used to create certain cell lines for research purposes. The cell in these lines are, in effect, the descendants of those cells that were originally harvested. They have been made to replicate themselves, and some cell lines can be reproduced indefinitely. These abortion-derived cell lines are used as a factory to manufacture certain vaccines, including rubella, chickenpox, and some of the COVID-19 vaccines. The cells themselves, however, are not present in the vaccines that patients receive. Okay. So, the question is, and they answer this question as well, do COVID-19 vaccines use abortion-derived cell lines? Uh, and they put this out in January of this year. They said, as of the date of this writing, hundreds of vaccines for COVID-19 are in development worldwide, and more than a dozen are in the final stages of testing. Some don't use abortion-derived cell lines at all. Some have used such cell lines to test the vaccine's FC, and some are using such cell lines in the development and or production phases. There are currently two vaccines, Pfizer and Moderna, being distributed for use in the United States, and there are others that are likely to be made available in the upcoming months. Uh, neither Pfizer nor Moderna used an abortion-derived cell line in the development or production of the vaccine. However, such a cell line was used to test the efficacy of both uh, of both vaccines. Thus, while neither vaccine is completely free from any use of abortion-derived cell lines, in these two cases, the use is very remote from the initial evil of the abortion. The AstraZeneca, however, and Janssen vaccines that are under development raise additional moral concerns because an abortion-derived cell line was used not only for testing, but also in development and production. Now, Johnson & Johnson, let me see, I believe theirs is, is similar. Um, so this is from, who's this from? North Dakota Health Department released this one. Um, the non-replicating viral vector vaccine produced by Johnson & Johnson did require the use of fetal cell cultures, specifically PERC6, so that would be uh, the abortion from, I believe, 1973, um, in order to produce and manufacture the vaccine. The Catholic Church and the Southern Baptist Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission have both stated that receiving a COVID-19 vaccine that required fetal cell lines for production or manufacture is morally acceptable. Take that as you will. Um, so, uh, essentially, now let me see if I can find, oh, I don't know if I have the, there was another article that I had gotten from our Catholic friends, um, might be this one, nope, we already did that one, let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see. Uh, I don't have it, um, but essentially, so, so your options are Pfizer and Moderna, which are the mRNA uh, vaccines that, that teach your body essentially the protein that work in the kitchen, if you will, of your, of your cell, and teach the body the protein without altering your DNA. But they are more experimental, if you will, but they are further disconnected from the abortion-derived cell lines than would be Johnson & Johnson. So Johnson & Johnson would be your more traditional vaccine. It is not an mRNA vaccine, uh, but it is closer uh, to the abortion-derived cell line. However, none of the, vaccin the, the vaccines, regardless of which one uh, you may or may not choose, but none of them uh, would you actually be injecting yourself with uh, with a cell from an abortion-derived cell line. The cells themselves are not present in the vaccination that you would receive. Have they been used in the production, or the factory, if you will, to manufacture certain vaccines? Yes. Are you injecting them into yourself if you choose to take the such vaccine? No. Alright? So now we've explained... Uh, that part of this issue. So let me kind of wrap this up with by saying this. And you might be like, "Well, this is not helpful. You haven't told me if I should get a vaccine or not." That's not my. That's not my purpose. I wanted to address some of the major issues that I have seen being presented, and and we're not finished. We're going to keep doing this. But let me let me just sum it up with this. Okay. I have, I have many, many friends on each side of the vaccination debate. 
Um, and both sides are very strongly opinionated on this. There are many people who do not believe that you should receive any vaccines. And they are firm in this belief, and they have uh, research that they believe demonstrates why you should not do vaccinations. And I have many friends, uh, including many relatives in the medical community, who are very strongly uh, pro-vaccination and have research as to why they believe that you should get a vaccine. And unfortunately, I believe, personally, that we look at vaccinations and we we come to the issue of vaccinations much like we come to the issues of politics or unfortunately oftentimes the way we come to our bibles and we say let me find something that backs up what i already think and then and then i'm just gonna share this with the world once i find something that that tells me that i am right in what i've already decided then then that is what we do without actually being willing to look at the actual facts presented by both sides. And I believe this is a both sides issue. I don't believe that the one side or the other. I think that both need to be uh, considered because I do believe that vaccinations have made an incredible difference in the, 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 the quality of life that we experience in our modern world. I also believe that vaccinations have gone way overboard, especially in what we inject generally into our American babies. I also think that you can follow the money and look at the ridiculous amount of money being made uh, by pharmaceutical companies. I, I think that we should look at studies that show that different strains of coronaviruses uh, and vaccinations have been attempted uh, with animals like ferrets and that all the ferrets that were exposed to natural coronaviruses in the wild uh, died after they had received the, the COVID-19, or not COVID-19, but the, the COVID uh, vaccinations that they had had. I, I am concerned that we have a, an mRNA vaccine that is experimental. All right. And I, and I am concerned they use uh, uh, aborted cell lines to create these. And, but, you, but that doesn't mean that, that you can't look at both situations here to make a decision for your family. So if you, if you want to know, well, would you get the COVID-19 vaccine? I would. I would in good conscience take the COVID-19 vaccine. Not because I think I need it. Not because I'm afraid of getting COVID. I already had COVID. I believe I have natural immunity. I do not believe for one second that I need a COVID-19 vaccine. I do not believe, quite frankly, that much of our world needs a COVID-19 vaccine. Because the survival rate is, is astronomical, quite frankly. And, uh, and I'm, just, I'm just being blunt with you. I, I don't believe that we need this vaccine. And you're like, well, then why would you take it? Because in, I could, in good conscience, take this vaccine. And I believe that there are places in this world that God wants me to go. I believe that there are people in this world that God wants me to share the gospel with. And they're not all here in the United States. And if my requirement for being able to travel the world, and, and, uh, and that would be for, for even just you know, personal pleasure, because I believe that God wants us to enjoy life. But I also believe there are, there are places that I want to go, that I want to do uh, short-term mission trips. And if the condition for me being able to do what I believe God wants me to do is that I take this vaccine and I don't personally have a conscience issue with taking it, then I would take the vaccine. I'm hopeful that it won't come to that, but I think that it probably will. And if I, if I get it again, it won't be because I fear getting COVID. It won't be because I trust the government. But it'll be because in, I could, in good conscience, take the vaccine. And my conscience would not be violated by that. But I have many friends whose conscience would be violated by that. And that's okay. So for me, when it comes to the vaccine issue, I think that too often what you see is if people dare to broach the subject and they say, you know what, I'd be okay with getting a vaccine. Then you have people that are like, well, if you actually knew about vaccines, you wouldn't say that. Well, maybe the people that choose to get the vaccines... Not all of them, but, you know, maybe some of them have actually done some research. Maybe some of them, like me, even know people 
who verifiably had their lives destroyed because of vaccines. And yet maybe it's something that they in good conscience are able to do and have decided is okay for them. And for those of you that are on the pro-vaccine side of the argument, maybe instead of going to your anti-vaxxer friends and being like, well, if you understood, if you'd ever been to Africa and seen people with polio, then you would understand why you should get vaccines. Maybe, maybe those people have also done their research and simply can't in good conscience participate in the vaccinations that you see as necessary in the civilized world. Maybe, maybe what we should all be doing is be willing to look at the data that the other side presents. Maybe what we should be doing is be willing to give the benefit of the doubt to the other side and say, you know what, they've done research and this is the conclusion that they've drawn and that's okay. Now, there may be some people that simply, and I think this would honestly be a lot of people that haven't done research one way or the other and maybe they need to do more research but sharing a meme that may or may not be factual probably isn't the best way to do it but for those people that have in good conscience made a determination one way or another about a COVID-19 vaccine or any other vaccine maybe the approach that we as Christians should take I'm not even talking about we as Americans I'll, I'll get to the whole well I won't because I'm running out of time but I've got a couple more things I want to talk about but uh, maybe the approach that we as Christians should take. I'm not talking about as Americans right now. But as Christians, maybe we should look at the whole vaccination issue with a more Romans 14 uh, mindset. In Romans 14, Paul talks about how some people do one thing and some people do another thing. Some people eat this certain meat and some people don't. So let not him that eats despise him that eats not, and let not him with eateth not judge him that eats, because God has received both. One man esteems one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord, and he that regardeth not the day to the Lord he doth not regard it. He that eateth eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks, and he that eateth not to the Lord he eateth not, for he giveth God thanks. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. Whether we take vaccines or not, we are the Lord's. So let's make sure that the main thing stays the main thing and not get so wrapped up in vaccinations and shouting our opinion from the rooftop that we lose our testimony. If you want some really interesting reading, uh, you should go read the uh, Justice, uh, I think it was Scalia, wrote the, the uh, opinion for the Supreme Court uh, let me hang on. Let me pull up the case here. It's really interesting reading. Just general vaccination reading. Uh, in October 2010, in uh, Bruschwitz versus Wyeth. Really, really, really interesting. Yeah, Justice Scalia wrote the opinion. It was issued uh, February 22nd, 2011, was when this was issued. And they talk about. The Supreme Court talks about the unavoidably unsafe nature of vaccines. Regardless of which side of the of the argument you fall on, this is a court case that you should be aware of because I think it will become relevant to us again in the near future. And also, uh, it, it gets into the 1986 uh, laws that shield vaccine manufacturers from liability and how... Uh, and, and there's also... Um, ICanDecide.org, uh, in July of 2018, released information about uh, a situation where for 32 years, our government did not do what it was supposed to do. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., in fact, um, was, was involved in this. And for 32 years, our government did not issue vaccine safety reports or research as it was supposed to. So those are just interesting things that I think, that, again, regardless of which side of the vaccine or no vaccine you fall on, um, really interesting research 
for you and that maybe you haven't looked at. Maybe you've looked at the ins and outs of vaccines itself, but the legality of them in the United States and how we deal with vaccine issues. Really, really interesting. Uh, okay, let me, uh, let me jump into this one, one more thing, the vaccine passports. I've seen a lot of people very concerned about this whole vaccine passport issue. And uh, as Americans and our freedom-loving selves, we think, what in the world are you talking about? You will not, I will not comply. And I get that. I do. I am a freedom-loving American. As someone who has done a great deal of traveling, not a, maybe not a great deal of traveling, but I would say much more traveling than the average American. I, I kind of chuckled because if you've been to a lot of places, uh, you probably, especially if you've been to third world places, you probably already have what would be considered a vaccine passport. Um, it would be a yellow card and it gets stapled into your actual literal passport. Um, and it lists a bunch of vaccinations. It's, it's a yellow fever card, uh, specifically. That's why it's yellow. Because there are countries in the world where you cannot travel without a yellow fever vaccination and a variety of other vaccines. I have had so many vaccinations that as Americans we do not need. But because God has called me to go different places and do different things, I have had a lot of vaccines that um, would probably make anti-vaxxers just think I should be dead right now. But <laughs> but that was a decision that I chose to make um, so that I could do what I believe God wanted me to do. And in my passport, there is what it would probably, by most Americans, would see it and be like, we got your freedoms! And I, and I get that. As Americans, I don't believe that as an American that anyone should be forced to get a vaccine. But then, you know, we could get into the whole issue of, well, we're okay with schools saying, if you want to come to our school, then you must have these vaccines. And if we're okay with that, then at what, where does, how far does that line go? Then can we say, well, the government has the authority, and so if the government says it, then do we have to obey the government? Because if we're okay with the schools saying, well, you have to do this to do A, B, and C, and to come to our school, then can the government say you have to do this to do A, B, and C? I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm just saying it's an interesting uh, logical trail to follow because we're okay with one why would we not be okay with the other or maybe we should not be okay with either I don't know I'm just throwing that out there for you to think about and get confused over but so so technically I guess you would already you would say I already have a, a vaccination passport if you will and interesting you know I, I think you know we should just use this verbiage for uh for voting we don't need a voter ID we just need election passports and then everything will be fine but anyway um and that's not original by the way I read that on Twitter I don't remember who said it but Vaccination passports. I think as Americans, uh, I think that goes against our fundamental rights as Americans. Personally, would I be opposed to having one if I got the COVID vaccine? Not necessarily. Again, because I I want to be able to go places and do things. And you're like, well, then you're giving up your your freedom for safety, just like we did after 9-11. You know, I'm really okay with going through the metal detectors in the airports if that helps us not have another 9-11. And I know that a lot of people are going to disagree on that, and that's where I'm less libertarian than some conservatives. Um, but I, I think there are some things. And I know. I Believe me, I know. He who would give up freedoms for safety is not worthy. I get all that. I really do. And I'm not... I, did, I, I, did I not just say I think it's a bad idea, and I think as Americans we don't need them? I did. Okay. <laughs> Bottom line, I don't think we need the vaccine. Period. I don't think that as Americans that we should have to carry around a vaccination passport. I don't. Is it the sign of the Antichrist and the mark of the beast if you get a COVID-19 shot and carry a vaccination passport? No. And you'll be like, well, how can you say that? You don't know. It could be. No, I'm I'm pretty sure that we can know that it's not. And if you're like, what? <laughs> Go read Revelation chapter 13. Okay? And, and, and this is prophecy. This is in the future. This hasn't happened yet. So, quite frankly, uh, it's, it's conjecture. And you may like Tim LaHaye's conjecture better than you like mine. You may be tree-trip, pre-trip, mid-trip, post-trip. Uh, I'm pro-trip. It's going to happen. You, you pick whichever one of the alphabet soups you want to be the tribulation is going to happen and revelation 13 tells us uh that the whole world the whole world is worshiping 
the beast. Okay? The whole world. The whole world is seeing him open his mouth and blasphemy against God and his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. He's making war with the saints. And all, Revelation chapter 13, verse 8 says, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. Okay? So everyone that dwells on earth is worshiping the Antichrist. Then, same chapter, his spokesperson, if you will, comes. And spokesperson does all kinds of wonders. He makes fire come down from heaven. He does miracles, and he's deceiving men. There is an image created, a, a, a statue, if you will, of the beast. And this image speaks, comes to life, if you will. Chapter 13 of Revelation, verse 15. And if you do not worship the image of the beast, you will be killed. Then we get to verse 16, which says that this messenger of the Antichrist causes everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And no one can buy or sell unless you have the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. And then it goes on. So we see many things here. All right. And, and you can disagree with me on this, but I, I think it's pretty clear that before... This mark is required. You have the whole world knowing who this super person is, worshiping super person. Their messenger comes, performs all kinds of miracles that the entire world is aware of, makes fire fall from heaven. There is an image created, and the image can come to life. And then if you're not worshiping the image, you will be killed. I could be behind on my news cycle. But I have not seen any of these things happening in the world that we live in. And therefore, if these things are not happening, a vaccination passport cannot be the mark of the beast because the messenger of the Antichrist is not the one requiring them. And you might say, well, Joe, let's not go there, guys. Let's not go there. <laughs> it's too much be like, well, Kamala, no, stop it. Stop it. The whole world is not worshiping Joe Biden. You might think America has problems, and we do. But Joe Biden, at least right now, is not the Antichrist because the whole world is not worshiping him. We don't have an image erected to him which can come to life. Now, some of you are making very sarcastic comments about him being a robot. Stop that. And you're not being killed if you refuse to worship him or his image. Therefore, he is not, at least currently, the Antichrist. And his requirement of a vaccination passport could not then be the mark of the beast. Not to mention that I have yet to see a vaccination being inserted into someone's forehead. But, you know, could be. And by the way, so fun fact for you. Uh, I, I just think it's interesting. Remember, John is writing this, and he's seeing the future. Now take someone from the time of Jesus and show them what is happening in the world today, and how are they going to describe that to their readers? How are they going to describe the technology that we have? It's, it would be, it would be I, I can't even imagine how overwhelming that would be. But John says nothing at all, by the way, about microchipping. And I know that people freak out about people that are getting microchips. And microchips could be used as a mark of the beast. But again, they're not now because we don't have these things happening in our world. And John doesn't even say that it's a microchip. He says a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. That, that, could, be, that could be a smartwatch. That could be smart glasses. There are so many things. Like, but I'm just, I'm just saying... All right. I, I don't think, based on the Bible, that a vaccination passport is the mark of the beast and that if anybody takes the COVID-19 vaccine and or carries a vaccination passport, that they have now succumbed to the Antichrist and the end of the world is upon us. 
We are getting closer to the end of the world every day. Be right with God. Jesus better be your savior because someday this is going to happen. But vaccination passports are not it. Bill Gates is not inserting you with a microchip. And whether you choose to get a vaccine or you choose not to get a vaccine, as long as you are doing that with a, with a good conscience, having done your research, then let's, let's Romans 14-ness, shall we? Or 13-ness. Whatever. I can't think. <laughs> and then lastly... I got to do this. I thought I'd get this podcast done in 20 minutes. It's getting closer to an hour. But uh, lastly, the Satan shoes. I've seen a lot of people freaking out about the Satan shoes. And yes, little Nass, the, the rapper who created these Nike Satan shoes that have a drop of human blood in the soul and the number 666 on them and uh, the verse from Revelation about Satan falling from heaven. And we've seen a lot of a lot of freak out about this online and, and rightfully so. Like it's it's evil. And these are apparently based on uh, on some piece of his art, or his performance art, I guess you would say. And that performance apparently uh, drastically more evil than the shoes. I haven't seen it, don't care to see it, never will see it. But I've, that's, what I've, that's what I've observed just by reading different things. Um... But as I was thinking about these these Satan shoes, and by the way, Nike is suing this guy. This is not a Nike thing, so we don't need to boycott Nike, in case you were wondering. If you want to boycott Nike, there are plenty of other actual verifiable reasons, including child labor in China, but this is not what this program is about. But I've seen this too, where people are like, see, it's the end of the world. Look at these evil Satan shoes. End of the world. Well, we... Again, we're, we're getting closer to the end of the world every day. Paul said he was living in the end times, so, you know, we must be then. And I, I'm not saying that flippantly, I'm just saying that I think sometimes we freak out about the wrong things. The odds are your children's lives uh, are not going to be affected by little NASA's Satan shoes, especially since only a limited edition of them were made and they're extremely expensive. And you're probably not going to buy them for them. And they may not even know about them. What your children will be affected by. Is the things that they see on their smartphone. That isn't protected. Because you're giving them. Unlimited access to a world full of evil. In the palm of their hand. What your children will be affected by. Are the movies that you watch as a family. That aren't on clear play where they see things that they should never see, especially while they're young or while they're young teens. What your children will be affected by is the relationship that you and your husband or you and your wife have with each other. What your children will be affected by is the friends that you allow them to have, the places you allow them to go, the things you allow them to do. And I think that perhaps, whether it be about vaccines or, or vaccine passports, the end of the world, or little NAS, perhaps sometimes we get outraged about things that are easy for us to get outraged about. Because at the end of the day, it, it may not actually affect our family. Because your, your kids probably aren't going to have a pair of little Nash shoes. Satan shoes. When what we should be getting upset about. Or at least what we should be focusing on. Is the day to day life. That we are modeling for our children. And the day to day lives that our children are leading. Because they're the ones that are going to change the world. Satan shoes. Nobody's going to remember these things in a couple weeks. They're, they're a, f a r weird, evil, disgusting fad that's going to fade. But your kids, your kids can change the world. So are you, are you spending more time investing in them today than you are raging about 
whatever is the latest rage online or, or sharing some meme or, or watching some conspiracy video or some or some pro uh, vaccine video so that you can you can post it on the Facebook and show everybody so that they'll just know <laughs> uh, maybe you know tell your kids a, a lesson from I would say a Bible story but I hate saying Bible story because what's in the Bible aren't stories it's history maybe spend some time telling your kids some Bible history. Maybe spend more time today reading your Bible than reading up on a vaccine. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do research on the vaccines. You should. You should be informed. But maybe maybe you, maybe you don't need to rage about it. And maybe we don't need to share the memes that just go too far. And I would argue that damage our witness. When we share things that are just not true, for example, that Bill Gates is altering our DNA through the mRNA vaccines, that damages our witness. Because people look at that and they say, yeah, no. But we post that and then the next day we post, hey, come to church on Sunday. Jesus rose from the dead. Guess what those people are going to say? Oh, you again. Yeah, no. So be informed. Be educated. Share truth with the world, whether that be biblical truth or truth that you find out about vaccines. But make sure you're sharing actual truth. Make sure you're sharing uh, things that are verifiable and share them in love. And that's the end of the podcast for today took a way longer than I thought it was going to. For those of you that stuck around for the whole thing, congratulations. You get a prize, and that prize is my affirmation and appreciation that you were here. That's, uh, that's I'm Michael Scotting my way out of that one, if you will. And <laughs> I hope that you'll join us next week. I'm really excited about next week. So we're going to have a conversation with somebody I've never talked to before. I don't know this person, but it's a friend of a good friend of mine. And uh, he is a lifelong Democrat. But he's a Christian, and he has some really interesting thoughts on if Christians can be Democrats and what Democrats can do uh, to save, if you will, their party. And I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation that you do not want to miss. So I hope you will join us for that. Be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever is your favorite uh, podcast app or on iHeartRadio. And for those of you listening here in Las Vegas on KVXL 101.1 FM, thank you so much for being part of our uh, program today. And we do hope that you'll join us tomorrow as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Here at Liberty Baptist Church, our address is 6501 West Lake Mead Boulevard, and we would love to see you then. Have a great weekend, everyone. See you later.